Hi, Eric Crossley here, Making a Difference, Episode 7, Not an Exercise, Not a Test. Thank you for joining us for our seventh episode in uh, 2020 of Making a Difference as we've gotten off the, uh, the new show uh, in a very, very difficult year for everyone. Uh, first of all, on behalf of myself, uh, Dayron Arias, my producer in Florida, and uh, my partner, Floris, my sons here, and everyone here in the Maryland Baltimore area and also down in Fort Lauderdale. Our thoughts and prayers and wishes for everyone in this difficult time of the coronavirus and uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, which has hit us so hard in the United States and elsewhere. So our thoughts and prayers to everyone, but welcome to Making the Difference. Not an exercise, not a test is the name of today's episode. And a lot of people uh, may not know what that's a reference to. So let me explain what that is. Not an exercise, not a test, uh, is actually references back to 9-11. And that was a, a call from the Boston Air Control Center. And, and that was going to uh, out to Otis Air Force Base. And they were asking uh, the air control people, the civilians were asking the military if uh, they could scramble some fighters because they had, at the time, Flight 11, the first jet uh, to hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center, was on its way there and it would not, uh, there would not be enough time to even come close to intercepting it. And then after that, of course, another jet, uh, United Flight 175 hit the South Tower and 9-11 was underway. But what that was saying was, uh, at that time, Boston Air Control Center, the civilian uh, headquarters was seeing something that they could not figure out what was going on and it's some kind of major happening. And the people in the military were saying, is this an exercise and a test? And the answer was, not an exercise, not, not a test. The point of all this is to bring us back to 2020 and to April of 2020, mid-April, what would have been tax day if we hadn't, hadn't had the uh, coronavirus and the delay of three months. Where are we in mid-April in the United States of America? We are in the middle of a pandemic with a uh, president in charge uh, of this country who has completely lost his mind and has completely lost control. That's why when we talk about this upcoming election and congratulations uh, not only to Joe Biden for being uh, now the almost definite Democratic nominee for president, but congratulations uh, and a thank you for Bernie Sanders for his endorsement of uh, former Vice President Senator Biden and of course President Obama's endorsement of Joe Biden. We're very confident he will unseat this president. The point goes back, though, to, again, not an exercise, not a test. This is not an exercise and not a test, because if Donald Trump somehow wins election in November, again, with fewer votes, which he probably almost definitely would have fewer votes, just like he did in 2016, and becomes president again, there's no hope for this United States. So it's not an exercise, not a test. Best, folks, and going forward, this is it. All the marbles, as Grandma Cross used to say. I wanted to say, before we go to our first break, a big thank you to uh, all, all of our wonderful, wonderful people who help us with getting the show out. And that includes our main uh, platform, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. And I wanted to say our top five countries from the last episode for the last two weeks would be the United States at 66%, Canada 46, 
Germany 17, Netherlands 12, and France 7. Now, why it comes out to way over 100%, I didn't get a chance to ask my producer, but thanks to, to everyone in those countries and elsewhere. And right now, everybody who's been listening, at least on one of our platforms, is male. So I wanted to say that we're open to women and men, African-American, Latino, white. Yeah, it doesn't matter, young, old. If you want to listen to the show, you're welcome. Thank you so much for that. And we look forward to, uh, to helping to turn the corner as we move forward into April and May and, and helping us uh, overcome these terrible times. We're going to be talking more in the next episode about some very, very key times coming up ahead. And we're going to look at some numbers overall. But for right now, now again, uh, thoughts and prayers and best wishes to everyone. And we will make it through this. We're going to take a break and we'll, we will be right back. Welcome back. Eric Crossley, Making a Difference, Episode 7, Not an Exercise, Not a Test. And we were talking again. Thank you to all of our uh, platforms. Thank you for everyone who listened. Please uh, encourage your friends to tune in, too. And we also invite you to send us an email. Just go to ericcrossley.com. You can send a message there. Or just send an email to info at ericcrossley.com. And we will be happy to reply. We're trying to get more shows off uh, more often. Unfortunately, I did not have coronavirus, but I was a little under the weather because I do have other health issues. And so uh, that's something we had to, um, to take care of and now feeling much better. I do want to mention real briefly, just to add a little bit of, I guess it's humor in a way. We live in an old uh, house here in, in uh, Baltimore, just 40 miles from DC. And this house was built in 1950. And there's a lot of mice in this neighborhood and we have had our cat, mostly she's a house cat, but she does go outside sometimes. She killed two mice today and one just uh, a short time ago and put it right here next to the microphone. Ruffles, Ruffles, oh my God. Uh, I gotta, I, she just killed a mouse. Um, you're gonna have to give me a few minutes. Oh shit. So I wanted to thank Ruffles for doing her part during all, all this and killing the mice. Back to a serious note, I wanted to go over the number. Uh, that we have. This is the latest from CNN right now, as of today, April 14th, and uh, about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. U.S. cases right now, uh, 609,061. Uh, United States deaths, uh, 25,603. When we did our last show uh, just two weeks ago, we had just under 2,000 people in the United States who had passed away. Uh, New York State, unfortunately, the the most with 10,834, New Jersey 2805, Michigan 1602. Worldwide, nearly 2 million cases, 1,961,965. And uh, the numbers are, are terrible worldwide. And right behind the United States, Spain 18,165 deaths, Italy 2167. We can go over the numbers over and over, but I don't want to dwell on it too much, folks, because we want to try to look forward and say, hopefully we are starting to make a big difference. Social distancing, of course, we encourage all the time. Keep that six foot difference and let's get through this together. Uh, we, wanted, we talked a little bit about the election and one of the reasons why Joe Biden is going to be, uh, I think, a successful candidate and hopefully at this time next year he will be our president, the 46th president of the United States, is not just because of the fact that he's running against Donald Trump, which in itself uh, is reason enough to uh, 
Joyce. But the fact that uh, Joe Biden was vice president for eight years under Barack Obama, he's been a U.S. senator for many, many years from Delaware. It's a neighboring state of Maryland, just about uh, 70 miles up the, the Amtrak train from here in, in Delaware. And uh, Senator Biden used to take the train uh, every day to Washington, D.C. from uh, Wilmington, Delaware, about an hour and a half trip. And uh, he would take the train back every day, too. That's the kind of man he was. That was before he became vice president. The reason President Obama uh, endorsed him today, and thank you, President Obama, for endorsing your, your former vice president, is because President Obama saw in Joe Biden hope for the United States of America. And we wanted to play a clip. This is from CNN. This is uh, from Don Lemon from 2014 from uh, CNN Show. And this clip is... Uh, mostly President Obama. Don Lemon also does come in there. But we're going to hear from what President Obama said in 2014. This is over five years ago, about five and a half years ago, while he was president. And he was warning us in the United States and the world about what could happen if we had a pandemic exactly like we're having right now. And he even said at one time, what in five or 10 years, what if it could happen and here it's happened so let's hear this clip and and hear what president obama had to say and you will be stunned we have to put in place an infrastructure not just here at home but globally that allows us to see it quickly isolate it quickly respond to it quickly so that if and when a new strain of flu like the spanish flu crops up five years from now, or a decade from now, we've made the investment. And we're further along to be able to catch it. Okay, we're back. And thank you again to CNN and Don Lemon for that. Uh, President Obama at the time was was had a lot of battles. And despite what, uh, let's go, we'll go back to the election every once in a while, just to remind people of a few things. Uh, we keep hearing this thing from Donald Trump about uh, how President Obama destroyed the economy and uh, Trump came in and saved everything. The unemployment rate when uh, President Obama took office in January 2009 was 10%. When he left office eight years later, it was less than 5%. So uh, time and time again, we're going to remind you that everything that comes out of Donald Trump's vile mouth is a lie. The big biggest thing I think that we just heard from President Obama back in 2014 was hearing what a president sounds like. Because we haven't heard that in three and a half years since this idiot took over the Oval Office and became the 45th best president ever, or in other words, AKA the worst president ever. Donald Trump has turned lying and narcissism into basically a, a hobby that he's using the presidency for. And yet we're still hearing people saying they're supporting him. So, folks, let me tell you something. We're in episode seven. We did 99 episodes of our, our previous show. Uh, we did. We enjoyed it a lot, and we did a lot of things. And if you went back and listened to some of those old shows, by the way, you're going to hear a lot about what we talked about uh, about Trump before he was even elected. Go back and listen to some of the things that were said about Donald Trump before he was elected by Republicans like Lindsey Graham. And we're going to be using those in the election too. But the big thing to remember out of that clip 
from 2014 from CNN with President Obama and Don Lemon was President Obama was saying in that speech that he was giving, which is right here in Bethesda, nearby Bethesda, Maryland, President Obama was saying, folks, we have to be ready and we have to put partisan politics aside and be ready for a COVID-19, what we have right now. He didn't say COVID-19 at the time. We didn't know what it was, but something like that, okay? We needed to be ready because a virus is going to come again. They come before and they're going to come again, and we're not going to be prepared. We have to be prepared. Guess what? Trump became president, and we weren't prepared. We have a president now who still thinks that the press conference and the ratings he's got for his fake updates that he's doing every day now, which are like little campaign uh, ads that he's talking about the uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus, you have to understand that this president does not only not think or care about anybody else but himself. Right now, he's taking that narcissism to a level which is extremely dangerous for our country and for the United States of America. Everybody he said before, oh, you know, back when we were doing the show in 17, 16, 18, oh, come on, you know, it, it just, he it, it just says those things. Now, guess what? Now Trump has caused the deaths of thousands of Americans who shouldn't have died because he decided that this was a democratic hoax. That's what this president did. And that's what he's still doing. And we've got to stop it. Because this is the end, folks. We don't have any more chances. We don't have any more options. There's nothing else we can do. Now, I did want to play a brief clip and hear from uh, Senator Bernie Sanders and thank him again for his endorsement of Joe Biden. And here's what uh, Senator Bernie Sanders said just the other day uh, about Joe Biden. We are in a terrible moment, an unprecedented moment. And I know we share the the understanding that we've got to go forward right now and out of this in an unprecedented way uh, to address the terrible pain that so many of our fellow Americans are feeling. So today I am asking all Americans, I'm asking every Democrat, I'm asking every Independent, I'm asking a lot of Republicans to come together in this campaign to support your candidacy, oh. which I endorse to make certain that we defeat somebody who I believe, and I'm speaking just for myself now, uh, is the most dangerous president in the modern history of this country, a president, and you made this point, who downplayed this pandemic, who ignored the advice that some of his people were giving him, which has not, who has not used the Defense Production Act early on so that we could produce the masks, the gowns, the gloves, the ventilators that our medical personnel desperately need, who today, because I understand that is threatening to fire Dr. Fauci, who has been uh, an unbelievable, I mean, it is, who has been day after day, the voice of science uh, to the American people trying to explain how we go forward uh, in this crisis. And he's threatening to fire him. So to me, for all of those reasons and, and so many more, a president who doesn't apparently has never read the Constitution of the United States, who believes he's above the law, 
a president who lies all of the time, a president who has at least shown me that he is a racist and a sexist and a homophobe and a xenophobe and a religious bigot. I mean, for all of those reasons or more, we've got to make Trump a one-term president, uh, and we need you in, in the White House. And thank you so much for that clip. And basically what we're hearing from uh, Bernie Sanders and from everyone is not that, well, you know, we've got to go with Joe Biden. He's all we've got. No, because Joe Biden is not a perfect man. None of us are a perfect man or a perfect woman or a perfect anything. In comparison, obviously, to Donald Trump, yes, he is perfect. Actually, anybody's perfect, really, frankly, compared to Donald Trump. But he is the man, and his wife also, by the way, she's really strong also, and whoever he selects as vice president, whether it's Camilla Harris or Elizabeth Warren or whoever the heck it is, these are the people, folks, understand that the future of the United States of America is on the line. So no more games. No more playing around. We have a psychopath in the White House, and the Republican Party has pretty much given them a green light, given him a green light, and he's fired everybody in the world, every expert. Now he wants to fire Dr. Fauci, who's been spearheading this entire effort and, and helped with the HIV, AIDS, all through the 80s and 90s. Enough is enough. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. I Eric Crossley here with Making a Difference, Episode 7, not an exercise, not a test. And again, uh, the reference back to 9-11 uh, to and really what was the start of just something that our country couldn't believe was happening. Uh, with what's gone on with Donald Trump uh, and, and what he has done to this country and what he's done to this presidency and what he's done to our democracy can't be overlooked because of the COVID-19 uh, situation and the, and the pandemic that we have. We have to go back and look at what was going on before all this happened, and I'm going to do that again in this episode because I want people to remember that right before this president decided to completely F up the response to the COVID-19 pandemic, and we will uh, talk a, a few more clips that I want to go back and, and not play, but I want to mention some things that Donald Trump said. When we go back and look at what was going on before then, Donald Trump was impeached. People forget that. Back in September, he was impeached by the House of Representatives. He's one of only three presidents in the United States in our history to be impeached. Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, and this president. We didn't have a Senate trial, which we were supposed to have. The Senate was supposed to to have a trial and then a vote on whether to convict the president. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, all of these Republicans, we're going to be talking a lot about them all through the summer when we settle down a little bit from the, the COVID-19 crisis, because we're going to go back and talk about these people, these men, because every Republican, except for a couple of them, are men, old white men like me, except intelligent, not like me, uh, not intelligent, I should say, I consider myself a fairly intelligent person, Lindsey Graham, uh, and you know Mitch McConnell. I mean, we, we can go Devin Nunes. We've got so many of these Republicans who did everything they could to make sure that Donald Trump was not convicted in the Senate. And not only that, they weren't going to say anything bad about Donald Trump, even though he's a traitor 
and committed treason against the United States of America. Back to where we were. That's where we were, folks. The Senate didn't have a trial. There was no witnesses. One Republican, one Republican, Mitt Romney, said on one of the two counts for the president when he was before the Senate and after he'd been already impeached by the House, one Republican, Mitt Romney, said on one of the counts that he was guilty. Now, in case you forgot, for the Senate to convict the president of and actually remove him from office, it takes a two-thirds majority. That wasn't going to happen because no Republicans except for Mitt Romney had the balls or any testicular fortitude, anything to stand up to the worst president in history. But not only that, to stand up to Donald Trump, who's a traitor to the United States of America and a criminal and a narcissist. We've gone over this on our shows, this show, and it's time to talk and act. We did 99 episodes. I was talking about Donald Trump in 2015 and 16 and 17, time and time and time again. And we're, we'll play more of those clips and more of those episodes. This was all mapped out before, folks, and now it's coming true. As Grandma Crossley used to say, the rooster is coming home to roost. And you better watch out, folks, because things are going to be difficult. This president is not going to want to leave office easily either when the time comes. Let's go back and look at a couple of things, uh, just a couple of talks, and, and, and see what's been going on here and what we've missed over the past several weeks. There's been a lot of things going on. And uh, we'll go back to the Iran crisis. We talked about that before. But let's look right now at some of the most recent things, because Donald Trump, Trump is using the coronavirus, the COVID-19 tragedy, to his own political benefit. The President of the United States said, and we played this clip before in episode six, but I want, I'm not playing it right now, but I want you to remember this clip. The President of the United States said, just last month, in March, he said, quote, if we have between 100,000 and 200,000, we've altogether done a very good job. He was saying that about up to 200,000 Americans dying of COVID-19. The 2.2 million projection figure was a government projection if we did nothing. The pre now, we had 25,000. We've gone from, from 2,000 two weeks ago, the last show we did, to 25,000 people just in the United States who've died from this virus. But the president said even 100,000, 150,000 just a few weeks ago. Ago, the president of the United States said, we did a good job. We did a good job if we lost 150,000 people. And we could have done maybe just a little better job, Mr. President, if you got off your butt and done something and not said this was a Democratic hoax back in February. No, you just said over and over, it's, look at the numbers. They're, they're 15 and they can be, they'll be zero. This is nothing. This is nothing at all. We don't have to worry about it. It's not going to affect the United States. I've got quote after quote after quote. Let's let's go over these again. This is your president of the United States talking about the coronavirus, which he has said, COVID-19, the president of the United States said on a scale of 1 to 10, his administration, and he did a job of 10. And he doesn't take any responsibility at all. 25,000-plus people have died on already. January 22nd, the president said, 
We have it totally under control. It's going to be just fine. January 30th, quote, the president of the United States, we think we've got it very well under control. We have very little problem in this country at this moment. Five, five people. And those people, they're recuperating successfully, but we're working very closely with China. February 24th, the coronavirus is very much under control in the United States. Stock market starting to look good to me. So that's what it comes down to. February 24th, when this pandemic was just starting to really hit the United States and people were dying, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, aunts, uncles, people who raise other people, grandmothers, sons, daughters, sisters, aunts, people couldn't even give them one last hug and say, I love you and I'm so sorry that this happened. I couldn't give you one last goodbye and kiss you and tell you I love you. And you know what this president's talking about? He's talking about the stock market. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about people dying or the grief or the, tra the tragedy that not only in the United States but in other countries this pandemic has done. He's talking about, you know, the stock market's starting to look, look really good. That's what this idiot does. That's what this president of the United States, the, the number 10 on the one to 10 scale of the coronavirus. That's what you've got right now, folks. The most disgusting person ever to inhabit 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is there right now. And he better be out of there next January, folks. And I guarantee you one more thing. Uh, there's a lot of evangelicals right now who've been saying, you know what, we're gonna go to church. We're not paying attention to this virus. It's, it's a scientific, we don't pay attention to science. We pay attention to God. And I would say normally for those right-wing evangelical Christians and they're still supporting Donald Trump, go ahead and do it. But what about their children? They don't get a say in that, folks. So those people need to be sent to jail also. Right now in this country, we have a pandemic. And we have a pandemic not just of the coronavirus, but we have a president who needs to be removed from office. It's probably going to take the election to do that. But we also need to make sure... Next January, this president doesn't decide, I'm not going anywhere. And very important, remember this every hour you're awake between now and November 7th. Remember this, we are not under any circumstances going to allow the Republicans, the right wing, the ones who've hijacked our democracy, who love Vladimir Putin, who love Donald Trump above its citizens and the people that are dying right now from this virus, I want to tell you folks, don't even think about anybody deciding we're going to delay this election and go past November 7th, 2020, because this election is going to happen one way or the other, or we are going to have big problems in this country. And that's me saying that, and that's me having the balls to say, I don't give a flying F about Donald Trump, and I hope once he's removed from office, he ends up in prison for the rest of his pathetic life. We'll be right back. And thanks and welcome to our last segment for episode seven, Making a Difference. Not an exercise, not a test. I wanted to mention too about the title and, and say that under no circumstances do I demean or talk down about anything to do with 9-11. I was actually very close to the Pentagon when, um, when it happened on September 11, 2001. But my purpose in that is to use that 
uh, terrible tragedy, hopefully, and that memory of that to remind people that we still have a country, we still have a democracy, but we've let that slip away so much since that fateful day over 18 years ago on uh, September 11, 2001, when we lost nearly 3,000 Americans. And we cannot let this pathetic excuse for a human being, Donald Trump, continue to do it. This episode, I wanted to talk about some different things. But uh, again, you know, Donald Trump just consistently attacks people and things. He never thinks about what he says, obviously. But his latest attacks have been on the uh, healthcare professionals and attacking particular New York state and uh, several different states. Because the healthcare professionals, they didn't need all the gloves. They didn't need all, all the masks. They didn't need everything that they were not getting to help prevent them from dying, possibly from this virus, and many of them have now. Thank you, Donald Trump, for having blood on your hands and for contributing to that also. Now, I wanted to mention Vice President Pence because I can't let a show go by without mentioning uh, Vice President Pence, formerly from Indiana, one of the most homophobic people uh, ever to be in the White House, uh, working as vice president and uh, working directly with Donald Trump. Vice President Pence said this earlier in, uh, actually earlier in April, that a million tests for COVID-19 would quickly be available. And of course, they were not quickly available. Donald Trump said that several weeks ago, said anybody who wants to get tested can get tested. Nobody can get tested just like that as of today, April 14th, 2020. You can't just get tested. You have to get directed by a physician or by somebody to go there. We have people living in the streets of Baltimore, of Washington, Detroit, Cleveland, St. Louis, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York City, Miami, everywhere in this country still. And those people are out on the streets, and they're the people that nobody really cares about anyway, folks. And those of the people that uh, now they're getting the virus and they're dying and, and really nobody cares about them. So I hope that everyone will take a second and think about uh, how important this election is for so many reasons and the price we've paid for having Donald Trump as our president and the indifference and how the United States has looked worldwide as just a disgraceful third world nation that doesn't have one iota of the decency that we had under President Obama. And I want to finish with this uh, because it really upsets Donald Trump. And I, I urge you to go on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you can, and, and take the clip we had tonight where President Obama talks about, in 2014, how we should have prepared for uh, a pandemic and a virus. Remember, Donald Trump took all the funding away for that, for special, for taking care of pandemics and things like that. He took all the people away, the experts away. He said, we're wasting money. We can get them when we need them. And now we've paid the price. But I want you to listen to that. I want you to remember when we had a president who gave a flying F about our country and about our people. President Obama wasn't perfect. I think he's one of the best presidents ever. We have just a pathetic excuse for a human being. And now is the time, folks. I mean, you may have been indifferent. Maybe you're a Bernie supporter. I I bless you. I like Bernie, too, you know. But Bernie's not going to be the president, folks. It's either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And over the next seven months or so, we're going to 
going to have to convince enough people in this country and enough people to overcome the Electoral College that it's now or never, as we said in a previous episode. And yes, this is not an exercise. This is not a test. The future of our country, the future of our democracy, I've said it time and time and time again on this show, the future of our country is at stake. Don't sit by anymore. And don't say, oh, you know what? I'm just not going to vote because I wanted to vote for Bernie. I want to vote for third party. Don't do that. You're going to get Donald Trump as president. And we cannot have that, folks. Thanks for listening. Eric Crossley, Episode 7. And we hope to see you next week. We'll be back again with some new episodes. Thanks again to Daron Arias in Florida and making a difference. Remember, not an exercise, not a test. Thank you, folks.